0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from California, USA, Mr. Edward Tyson. Ed, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ash. So happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Uh, Ed is the CEO of Perse Synergy Consulting, which is an organization focusing on transformation. He's a former Marine. And he's an author and all of you know, I'm very partial to authors. He's an author of a book titled From Expert to Executive and we'll speak about it. So Ed, let's start talking about Purse Synergy Consulting. Uh, Tell me about the venture and what is the background of the name? Sure.
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's kind of a made up word, smashing per and synergy. Okay. Uh, and in the process, you get person in there, if you listen carefully, but really, it's about results per synergy, mm. which means uh, results per people. Uh, and not just uh, by being uh, additive, mm-hmm. what we try and work on uh, very uh, keenly is not, of course, not getting subtraction, we have enough alignment so that the absolute baseline is addition in terms of our efforts. But ideally, we're going for multiplication, right?
0: Very interesting. And uh, after, you know, a life in the Marines, uh, what was your motivation to get into consulting?
1: Sure. Well, uh, I only spent six years in the Marine Corps. So it really, uh, I've been out, you know, uh, a few decades longer than I was ever in. Okay. But that, uh, that experience drove me uh, to really change my plan mm-hmm. for my life. I sat on the shores of Cuba many, many years ago, wow. staring at the back end of the cigar, thinking mm-hmm. about the day I just had. Uh, had just spent some time uh, quelling uh, a small riot mm-hmm. and thinking about what was the best and highest use of me? What would I do? I was only a Marine Corps reservist. So mm-hmm. I had come just from uh, you know Penn State uh, University uh, just a few months before that, got pulled out of school and sent to Cuba. Mm-hmm. When I went back to school I changed my major from criminal justice to philosophy okay and that eventually led me to a class on uh, sectarian movements and mm. cults and I discovered the small group phenomenon by way of course of very some very aberrant activity mm. but it really drew me in as a young man I had this experience around leadership and culture that was mm. extremely positive albeit severe in the marine corps mm. and then you know kind of put that against this idea of what I was studying, Mm. uh, and the forces of culture in a different light, uh, namely in sectarian and and cult movements. Mm. And it really just drew me in. And as a result, I ended up studying organizational effectiveness and psychology in Mm -hmm. graduate school. Mm -hmm. And then of course, I had to get a JOB And that led me into the business world, healthcare for about 17 years, Mm -hmm. uh, really swimming up the chain from a very small process improvement efforts to eventually becoming a process improvement VP. Mm -hmm. And then uh, partnering heavily enough with the COO that when he became CEO, he made me as VP of strategy. Mm -hmm. And so that all uh, culminated in a strategy to take that uh, company private. Mm-hmm. In in so doing, I uh, made myself available through that transaction uh, for a new opportunity, wow. and then uh, started my firm. And so, really, at that point, it was taking a lifetime of experience with different levels, different types of process improvement, all the mm-hmm. way from strategy to very granular, mm-hmm. and flipping that into a business called Persynergy Consulting. Wow. So we focus on three different levels of mm-hmm. transformation mm-hmm. individual, team, and organizational. Mm-hmm. And the individual stuff looks like executive coaching, the team, like team coaching, and the organizational, typically, is strategy development, organizational design, or digital and process transformation.
0: How interesting. So uh, before I go further, how do you define transformation?
1: Uh, how do I define? I spend a lot of time defining leadership. Not okay. a lot of people ask me that question. Mm-hmm. Well, I think really it is any really marks any substantial change mm-hmm. uh, from a current state to a desired future state. And in the middle, we have the transformation itself, right? The grueling process of both ideation and figuring out what it is we do want to become, as well as the brutal process, particularly at scale, uh, changes is, is very tricky. There's a reason more than two thirds of change and transformation issues fail. And it's because of how devilishly tough this stuff is, right? So it's that brutal piece between the current state and the future state is, uh, you know, our fun time.
0: Amazing, and you know, Ed, uh, having led large companies and worked in several large organizations and an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges most leaders face is actually being able to transform. Everyone likes status quo, status quo anti, actually. Uh, yes how do you persuade leaders to transform in one of the three pillars that you work in?
1: Sure. Well, you know, uh, if we go into uh, my model Mm -hmm. of thinking about both organizational effectiveness and a macro level, but Mm -hmm. in a micro level, somebody's leadership. Uh, You know, I pull apart uh, that transformation Mm -hmm. equation, Mm -hmm. and take a look at Uh, Really what you need to do in order to move past what are those natural, normal, uh, highly predictable responses Mm -hmm. to change, but that are also very dangerous for the individual and the organization. So, uh, namely, ignoring, resisting or retreating. Those are the three very typical responses. And so in my work, uh, what I try to do with all individuals, whether it's an individual that's coming to me to change, or Mm -hmm. we're talking about how do they coach someone else is we use uh, what we call uh, the leadership SOPs transformation model, which starts with exploring, Mm -hmm. uh, which is both first an exploration to find your partner. Where are they? Where is the person you're trying to help change? Because you, If you just simply jump into where you think you want them to be, or you're assuming they'll be, you might never find them. And therefore, to your point, you're never going to get the actual change. So in in explore, you've got to explore where the heck the person is psychologically vis-a-vis this change. Do they see it at all? Are they oriented to it at all? They begin to collect some information. Are they engaging at all? Hmm. Then it moves into a partnership to find that data together to fill mm-hmm. in the gaps, etc. and explore the change. Mm. So that's explore, then we move into clarify, we take all of that information and turn it into insights, priorities mm-hmm. and plans. Okay. And then we try to help them through the transformation itself through experimentation ideally small experiments. Mm -hmm. And then finally, to master the change, uh, through repetition and continuous improvement. So if you're following along there, that's explore, clarify, Mm -hmm. transform, and master. Mm -hmm. And so we utilize that at an individual level, if we're coaching a single person, Mm -hmm. if we're a team, and we're trying to guide a team to help explore, clarify, transform, and master, and when we're thinking about macro organizational change, we still want to make and build experiences that help the whole organization explore the change, clarify what they want to get out of it, transform, and then master the new future state.
0: Amazing, amazing. And Ed, you know, one of the things that is often uh, spoken about is, especially by people who are in Marines or in India, the Indian Army or the Navy Air Force, is they get there is there is a very unique set of learnings. That the Defense Services gives to all its young uh, people. My question to you is, how has your training as a Marine helped you as a transformation expert or a coach?
1: Well, I think uh, it would be uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the first thing would be some discipline and rigor uh, change in the middle always looks like failure. Mm. Uh, I've, I've said, said it a different way, which is to say, look, to get one pair of pants off and another pair of pants on, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're exposed in the middle and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel nice. And you're, you're trying to get get covered up as quickly as you can. And some people go backwards and some people go forwards. So Mm -hmm. just having that discipline and rigor and also the perspective, Uh, I've been in a number of uh, tight spots uh, in, in my career uh, Mm -hmm. professionally and also in the Marine Corps. And I think having that lens very early on uh, where there was a certain level of intensity and uh, possibility of things that could happen that, that ends up being a filter later to say, you know what, this probably isn't something I need to get too freaked out about. I, I think I can stay calm. I think I can take whatever's coming at me, whether it's feedback from somebody else, somebody's negative reaction to change, somebody's negative reactive reaction to me mm-hmm. and absorb that and not lose my center and be able to plan my next action authentically versus in a reactive way. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I uh, really learned. Uh, Aside from, you could say, going right from the military into healthcare, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who knows either Mm. that my core concept around leadership and organizational effectiveness is called leadership SOPs, right? Right. Uh, Because both the military and healthcare rely heavily upon the concept of standard operating procedures.
0: Mm, Fantastic. And since you spoke about leadership SOPs, that is my next question to you. Tell me about your leadership SOPs methodology and the framework and how it benefits leaders? Sure. Well,
1: uh, first off, uh, I, I loved how you, you, you said it there. Uh, you noticed that it is a methodology and a framework. And okay. sometimes when I list those two things, uh, I think it goes past people, but I could tell yeah. you, you picked up on it. So mm-hmm. the methodology is referring to what I call the process of leading, which mm-hmm. is uh, being in or defining your own standard operating procedures for doing kind of the work of leading. Mm-hmm. So the first part of SOPs stands for standard operating procedure. So, quite okay. simply, leadership SOPs are your standard operating procedures for leading. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was when it first started. Except mm-hmm. uh, the next question people started asking me was okay, I buy that. What standard operating procedures should I develop? Mm -hmm. And that's where I realized I needed to get a little bit deeper into what is the work of leading? What are the work functions that leaders need to do? Mm -hmm. And so that's what the second time around the SOP stands for. And that's where the framework comes from. So Mm -hmm. standard operating procedures methodology and then structure, operate, perfect Mm -hmm. is our framework. And under that framework, under structure, operate and perfect, we have 24 dimensions that really define what does it mean Mm -hmm. to structure a community of effort? What does it mean to operate one? And what does it mean to perfect or continuously improve one? And so that is quite simply, if you pull all that together, leadership SOPs are your standard operating procedures for structuring, operating, and perfecting your communities of effort.
0: Wow. Well, this is the first time I've heard it a new set of words for SOP from standard operating procedures to structure, operate and perfect. And I think <laughs> I like that better. Uh, well, you know, what's funny is I've got a lot of
1: automotive clients, uh, uh-huh. both in kind of new tech automotive and traditional big three. Right. Uh, and uh, for them, it means start of production.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. It's also Start of production. Well said. So moving on, Ed, uh, you know, you also speak about three frameworks in your technique. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and I'd love you to talk uh, about them, but you speak about the purpose of leading, the work of leading and the process of leading. Uh, Talk to me about all these and give me an example in each if possible.
1: Sure, sure. Well, uh, really, this relates to my journey, which, uh, hey, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that as a former VP of process improvement, mm-hmm. the first thing I started to do was think about leadership as a process. And I thought that was a big idea. Mm-hmm. Then, as I mentioned earlier, uh, as soon as I started talking about it as a process, people bought it, but, but, but they needed to go deeper and say, okay, so what should I build my process to do? Which is what led me to the work of leading. Mm-hmm. And then I realized in trying to sell the work of leading to people, they said, I don't have time for that. And I said, aha, you don't understand the purpose of leading. So if we pull all that back and start at the beginning and say, you know, what is this thing called leadership? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I, I've, you know, kind of decided for my own self uh, mm-hmm. and, and stand on the ground of what it means. And I think it is simply a process mm-hmm. of social organization. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, we use uh, this tool, the social tool called leadership, mm-hmm. when we are looking to engage or achieve an objective that we cannot achieve alone, mm-hmm. and therefore the purpose of leading is to cultivate a community of effort mm-hmm. that is commensurate with our challenge. Okay, one one that is three things, three qualifications. They must be willing. The community mm-hmm. of effort has to be willing, or you're not leading. You're doing mm-hmm. something else. You're mm-hmm. coercing. You're right. Um, and if they're only willing or only inspired and not capable, mm-hmm. then uh, it's it's a still a no go because you can't finish the goal line. Mm-hmm. And then third. They won't stay willing and capable for long if you don't make sure that how you're doing it is sustainable. So, you've got to create basically the purpose of leading is to cultivate this willing, capable, and sustainable community Mm. of effort. And therefore, if a community of effort is what we're trying to build, Mm. that's where we get to the work of leading. Mm. And that's where I pulled together all of the models that I learned, uh, you know, getting my master's in organizational effectiveness and reorganized it according to three domains that I've already shared, which is if you got to create a community of effort, you'd better design it or structure it, Mm -hmm. you'd better engage it or operate it. Mm -hmm. And you've got to continually improve or perfect it. So Mm -hmm. the work of leading is quite simply all those things under the structure, operate and perfect uh, framework. And then lastly, of course, we've already hit on the fact that the methodology or said differently, the process mm-hmm. is how you translate, not how I translate that, that leadership into standard operating procedures, but how you do it. And that's what I call the process of leading. So leaders have to first understand the purpose mm-hmm. to cultivate communities of effort. Second, they have to understand the work to structure, operate and perfect communities of effort. And lastly, they've got to define their own process process for doing it over and over again, and here's the big one. When they do that, they are developing the brand called you, right? Mm-hmm. Well because they, they are driving what they're going to be known for as a leader Correct. by going into the well and doing the things that they've defined, their leadership SOPs mm-hmm. with consistency and repetition, such that they build trust, predictability, and collaboration on their team, and they drive a brand in the process.
0: Amazing, amazing. So, Ed, I'm now going to move to uh, what I thought was your first book, but obviously you have two books because I see another one called Decoding Talent just behind you.
1: Well, that uh, one's not. My, whoops, that one's not mine. I'm pointing to the wrong shoulder. Okay. Uh, that one is my best friend's uh, book that just came out. Uh, I'm extremely, okay. uh, extremely proud of it. Uh, okay. So, Decoding Talent, check it out for sure. I uh, but yeah, we mine's will. mine's over the other shoulder. Uh, okay. The
0: From expert expert to to executive. executive. So before I ask you about the book, tell me, uh, is this book available on Amazon and other platforms?
1: Yes, it is available on Amazon. And uh, the uh, From Expert to Executive Mastering the SOPs of Leading is Hmm. the full title.
0: Okay. So uh, I'm going to ask all my viewers and listeners to go and check out your book on Amazon. And I'm going to certainly go and look for it. And then, of course, people can take their own call. But tell me about your book. And what was your hypothesis when you started to write it?
1: Sure. Well, basically, I wrote the book to introduce the leadership SOPs concept, Mm -hmm. and the introduction itself takes you through my journey, which, you know, we just summarized a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, through really discovering leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, the the first words are, are something to the effect of every step on the journey from expert to executive mm-hmm. leads away from your craft. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea in the 10 chapters uh, is to explore some reluctant leaders through a fictional case study mm-hmm. uh, of a biotech company based in Orange County, California, USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, it's all about these scientists really grappling with mm-hmm. their need to step away from the bench, step away from the science, and embrace this thing called leadership if they are going to achieve their objectives. So mm-hmm. it's all about this idea that you've got to learn how to shift your gaze away from the work you love mm-hmm. and the objectives that got you fired up in the first place, mm-hmm. and put that focus on that community of effort.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. So I'm now. Th- I've got time for one more question, and. Uh, this question is for the many, many viewers and listeners in our conversation. Uh, Ed, after such an amazing life of, of marine, sitting as you said, staring down the end edge of a end of a cigar in Cuba, to uh, joining uh, the, the the pharmaceutical industry to now starting Per Synergy, what would you say are three life lessons that you would want our viewers and listeners to take back from our conversation?
1: Three life lessons. Well, I would say that, uh, in many ways, they would anchor back to the core piece of my message, just maybe extrapolated more broadly. Mm-hmm. And that is, I, I think I started getting in doing some more powerful work on myself, mm-hmm. when I recognized uh, my frustrations with other leaders, weren't just because they didn't understand the purpose Mm -hmm. of leading, Mm -hmm. but it's because they already had purpose. Mm -hmm. They had already spent, you know, millions of hours, thousands of dollars perfecting a craft Mm -hmm. and they loved it. And it's part of their purpose, it's part of the value that they're putting on the planet. Mm -hmm. And And, you know, they really, really, you need to own the fact that that purpose is important and Mm -hmm. understand and make sure you've got anchoring and alignment Mm -hmm. with your purpose and then make sure that you do the work or understand the work well enough to translate it into a process. So I think actually that purpose, work and process, it it works for leadership and what I'm talking about here, but really anywhere in your life, making Mm -hmm. sure you've got alignment around Mm -hmm. Uh, your purpose that you've really understood what it means then that you have to do. And then Mm -hmm. you've translated that in a way that you can utilize consistency and repetition to build feel, uh, to build, uh, predictability, trust, and Mm -hmm. collaboration with others, there is really nothing as humans that we are attempting to do Mm -hmm. in this modern age that we don't have to access the social system in order to do it. And that means you have to be, to some extent, consistent, to some extent, you need to build your own community of effort, whatever you're doing, because all of our objectives are beyond just our single grasp. They all take our social system to achieve.
0: Well said. Well said. What a what an amazing conversation. And on that note, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about your incredible journey, about Burst Energy Consulting, about how you have redefined. SOPs to mean structure, operate and perfect. And I think I must remember that because each of these words, structuring, operating and perfection is very, very critical for any leader or for any organization. Thank you again, for speaking to me about your book. And also, I'm going to ask my viewers and listeners check it out. And maybe also check out your friend's book Decoding Talent because you're very proud about it. Uh, Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck.
1: Thank you so much. And Ash, I really appreciate the opportunity and wish you nothing but the best, sir.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals.